Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cloud Chat with Stefan and Matt. I am one of your hosts, Stefan Stelter. Happy to be here. I'm joined by Matt Brown of the NetApp on NetApp team. <laughs> Matt Brown from NetApp IT, NetApp on NetApp. Indeed. Well, thanks for joining us again. I have uh, have had the, uh, the occasion to run into a, a term that's new to me. So um, FinOps is something that uh, is one of those one of those terms um, that for me, I felt like I should know the definition or the definition should have just been intuitively obvious. And I've made some assumptions about what I think it might mean. Uh, so I'm super curious to to get your take on it, Matt, and you can help us understand FinOps in general a little bit more. Uh, and and, and uh, I'm going to say it, uh, how does it parallel to DevOps? Because I understand, I think I understand DevOps a little bit. So with that, I'll, uh, I'll tell me what you think about FinOps. Is it a term that exists only because marketing says so, or is it a real thing? And what, what distinguishes it from what we were doing before we started calling things FinOps? I think it's a fantastic question. Well, and, and just to share kind of where I started with that journey is all of a sudden we had FinOps. I'm like going, we already have it. <laughs> no well, one, you, you didn't interview a FinOps guru or have a consultant come in and said, what you need to solve this problem is FinOps. If we get a, add a dash of FinOps and everything will be better. Right, right, right. If you only did this, you'll be leaner yeah. and live longer, right? Yes, yes. Precisely. No, um, no, so let's look at the problem to solve. As IT shops move away from a CapEx model, a very predictable model in financials, um, and more, in, more into an OpEx model, one where it could be very uh, different day to day, week to week, month to month, season to season, there is this need to manage those costs. Well, obviously, IT shops are always trying to manage their budget. But more importantly than that, they need to make them somewhat predictable. Um, most IT shops still work for a CFO who wants to understand not just what's going to happen this quarter, but what's going to happen throughout the next quarters, predictability, which forces IT shops to really create or need to create some type of model to get a better control and more visibility in these costs to understand them, to ideally make them more predictable. But it's even more so, than that. Okay, oh, sorry. Sorry, if I can if I can interrupt for a second, just to help my my brain process things as we're going. So what we used to do was have a budget cycle where IT would kind of collect the requirements for from the, the lines of business around here. Are the things that we'd like to be able to do here, are the new reports we'd like to be able to run here, are the new systems we'd like you to be able to support for our manufacturing floor, what have you. Let's put together a budget and we've got this budgeting cycle and then that budget goes through the board and gets approved and we've got this multi-million dollar or multi-hundred thousand dollar or whatever budget that gets approved and then we start executing against that. And we're, uh, we're now implementing and you know some, some many months later uh, or, or maybe year year plus later scale of things, we, we actually have a capability. Uh, because if we're going to an OpEx model, if I heard you correctly, doing things more in a more operational sense, all of that got compressed. Is that, is that a fair kind way of. to think well, about it? Because we're- so you kind of, so let's break IT costs down into two big buckets. Yeah. There's the cost of just running the business, right? You've already made past investments. There's applications running that you're not touching. Those require maintenance and power and space and people to manage them and people to sit on a call to support them through help desk and all the care and feeding those apps. That's, we call that run the business costs. And then yep. the cost that you're talking about is new capabilities costs, project costs. 
So there's okay. two different buckets. What's changing in this world, we're actually changing for both, but really what's changing is to run the business. One that used to be based on predictable depreciations, predictable annual renewals of support contracts, predictable refresh cycles. In this new world of on-demand, all that goes away. And, and that's really causes angst because now when I was used to depreciating, say, a, a piece of gear and it was predictable every month what that piece of gear would cost me, <laughs> now I'm paying per use. I might use it this much one day, I might use it this much another day. Okay. How do you reasonably manage and project that budget in a way that you can actually manage the IT as a business? I was so excited about uh, a potential analogy for, boy, the application development cycle was kind of like that with the collection of requirements and then you would build the application and it would take a long time before you would iterate the application and, and kick it over into the operational state of mind. So this dev ops combination, I, I was able to really, it felt like I could attach to uh, this fin ops model with the same thing. Well, it's like that budget cycle thing, but it sounds like the old way coexists where you still need to have potentially a budgeting cycle for those recurring costs that are predictable and, and knowable. Um, and then there's this new element. So there's a, a coexistence of, of forms of managing the, the finance costs. And what we're talking about in FinOps is how do we, how do we instrument and understand that cap, uh, the OPEX expense? Is that? Yes, yes, exactly. I'm getting closer. Okay. And, 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 and let's, let's talk about it even more. And because of the, the dynamic nature of using on demand means that you can choose one technology today and one technology tomorrow. And because the technologies are readily available, um, there's a desire from an IT shop, say, that's new capabilities I can give my business. Why wouldn't I want to do that? But the challenge again is, is I need to operate within a fixed model of, of cost. I don't have infinite money to spend every month. Uh, American business is managed by quarters. <laughs> and right. you're given a budget to manage within that quarter. And you're expected to come in within a certain degree, a very small tolerance that you're not going to over or underspend which means IT shops like ours were forced. What does this look like? How are we going to land <laughs> the 747 on this aircraft carrier? In our world, we have to come in with 1% variance. That's Goodness. a huge task to do, which means that if I go to some so new technologies out there, I have to be able to model that and go, how is that going to affect my cost structure? What does it potentially maybe give me back that I can then quickly figure out how to spend somewhere else? Because I can't be under either. <laughs> I have to be on budget. So that's the real goal of FinOps in the nutshell. But to your point, there is the day-to-day -day run the business, the investment to keep the operations running, and there's new project work. And again, this kind of affects both, but it's really the fundamental changes in that run the business model. It's no longer a predictable cost model. Therefore, it needs additional management and it needs more real-time management in that perspective. That's very helpful to me. Uh... So it, it sounds like, it, how would you distinguish, part of what I heard you say sounded like, well, this is cost control for cloud spend. It, it, that's not accurate. It, I sense that it's more than that, but it, it seems like that's an element of it. Like, is it, a, I, I'm imagining, because I have children, is this an envelope of dollars from an allowance perspective, which is, of course, nobody does that anymore. Is this a transfer of, of funds into the, the child's 
um, student account or whatever to spend uh, for lunch. Like, is that the way it feels on the IT side? Is it an envelope of dollars from the CFO every month or every period? Or is it, uh, it it's more than that, right? There's, when you talk about modeling, it's there's got to be some more elements. Well, so in our world, we live in a hybrid cloud, right? So I have a very robust, very efficient hybrid cloud, which uh, brings the cost of doing business to a very attractive cost point. Um, but like most organizations, we have needs to scale up, scale down. We have we want to unleash the bottlenecks for development. So it's always the constant, what does it cost me to do in my more traditional model versus what does it cost me to do in the cloud model? How does one potentially save me in another? And again, really trying to understand it, not what's happening right now, but in a predictable use case. And if I start to look at this, I can see that on average, I'm using this much during the course of a quarter, and now I can start projecting my cost. But now I have to manage and keep track of those usage trends. Uh, and, and again, the ever-changing technologies. On-demand gives you a lot of freedoms to say, I'm not using that anymore. You know, Let's pick on our yeah. spot use case. I used to sure. use EC2. Oh, I'm going to use spot. It's a very simple to change that. Well, it's simple. I shouldn't say that. My, my IT friends will yell at me because it's not that simple. But if I choose to make that direction, then it's going to have a cost implication. And I can't wait until I get the bill to understand what that cost implication is. I need as much visibility as I can to understand if, if I've saved money, now where am I going to go spend that money? Where's that opportunity to spend the money? Or if yeah. it's going to cost me more because it gives me certain capabilities, how am I going to pay for that? So that's... Uh, that's the concept. That must be a, yes, that must be a fascinating, fascinating piece. And, and as we, uh, you know, I'm, I'm struck by a half dozen things due to the caffeine in my veins at the moment. Uh, but one of them, as we think of speeding innovation cycles that we get from on-demand work, uh, this idea that you know, DevOps, DevOps workflows, CICD pipelines, how do we make sure that we're getting apps out? And well, if we decide that innovation is gonna happen, how do you predict innovation as you think of FinOps and you build these models and uh, it, it, it makes me think, uh, perhaps there's some cynicism in this, in this comment, but you know, I, I know that we might plan on innovating next quarter. I could invoke some savings this quarter, but then I'll be under my budget target. I'm going to invoke those savings next quarter and use the overage or the the savings to spend on the innovation that I know is going to happen next quarter. Like, are you are you kind of doing this sort of gaming, like purposefully overspending in in one month? To and maybe this is a true confessions thing that I shouldn't be asking you on <laughs> on a recorded podcast. Let's speak in the abstract. Have you found customers that might be doing this kind of uh, budget? gamification in a sense for for finops to try and make sure you stay on your number it seems like there would be some of those uh those interesting in questions like how do you make sure you hit i can see how you could avoid going over to some extent um it trying to make sure you don't go under uh is, yeah is it's a one. you know i i it's going to be one of those things you know it'd be great to bring someone in who is doing it day to day because i'm sure every day it's unraveling a new element to the experience. Again, the initial goal, and it was funny because you brought in people like MBAs to go do this, who had IT backgrounds, who was really focused on the finance piece because they understood it's we really have to control the model. And, and control doesn't mean limit innovation. And control in this sense means how do I maximize innovation 
that had a predictable cost. Yeah. And 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 it and it becomes an it's it's a it's a very dynamic nature, and it's not something that I think we're ready to go just put in and kind of ignore because of the state of the dynamics of it. And yeah. you also have to be aware, and you're working with a team who is on, always looking. Oh, there's a new squirrel. There's a new shiny object out there that I want to go yes. try. And before you're able to make that decision, somebody's got to go. This is how it's going to affect your current cost modeling. And, and then and that's that, yeah, <laughs> that feels like a side effect of my limited view, right? Where I'm I'm thinking we've we've done all the innovation we can. We're waiting for new innovation to go and occur before we go and decide to do the investment in the innovation. How do you make sure you're not stifling innovation? by you know, using the cost controls as, as the reason why we can't do the innovation this quarter, when the reality is we have a pipeline of things that we wanna innovate and we just need the money to go do it. So we're, we're just kind of adjusting the spigot and, and deciding exactly. as a business. Okay. Exactly, and, and making it again, reaching, try to reach, it, it's, it's funny, I hear the word balance keeping coming up. It's how do you right. keep those balances, constant balance, because, Again, being over is just as bad as being under. I always thought, yeah. well, if I save money, everybody's going to be the hero. No, yeah. what that meant was, is we missed the opportunity to spend that money somewhere else to make a difference in the business. So yes. <laughs> I, I wonder I wonder if uh, it, the light bulb going off in my brain was audible to the people on the podcast, or <laughs> if there's a vision if for the YouTube version of this, if I should have a light appear somewhere, maybe we can edit in something. Ding. It took a little while, but eventually it was flickering earlier and now it kind of came on to full brightness. Um, thank you for that. That's, uh, that's, that's very helpful. The, the pipeline of innovation, it, there's, the side effect of this for me is because I might have one good idea uh, a month or a quarter that, <laughs> I mean, obviously we will either look at it and decide to do it or not. And, you know, it's more of that you know, so, realization so that we have a lot of developers doing a lot of things and there's a lot of innovation that we could do. Uh, we're, and we're a little bit gated about making sure that we don't try to do everything at once because we can't, because of people and because of dollars, right? If we wanted to try to pursue every thought that we had, we would need to hire twice the number of developers to go and chase down every idea. So prioritization and all of that stuff is still, still got to happen somewhere. Yeah, and what I would categorize as takeaways is, you know, people often ask, well, how do our organizations evolve over time? This is a discipline that evolves um, while a lot of the more mundane tasks are being automated. So a higher level discipline, and clearly you can see the value. And it's one that is quite, I think, unique to an IT shop because it is all about modeling and financing. You have to be technology aware, but you have to understand the elements of financing um, and being able to do modeling to allow an IT shop to function. But it's also not the developer's team's job to do this, right? You don't want to distract the development community, there should just be focusing innovation. Yeah. You've got an IT as a service to make sure you're maximizing the value of the service so they can keep being creative. Yeah. So, it's so a, do you do you have a sense in your conversations with customers for the, the scale an organization needs to be in order for FinOps to be something with which they should be intimately familiar? Is there a, I mean, I, I yeah, maybe, maybe not a super sure question, but I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get my, my brain around when, if someone listening to this podcast is saying, yeah, I was curious what FinOps is. I got a better, I have a better understanding of it now. Well, should I be, should I be doing this? Uh, are I, we anybody doing who's using, well, anybody who needs to be accountable for a fixed budget at the end of a cycle, right? You, you have to, whether you have it a big, large scale, we have 50 people doing it or one person doing it. 
um, or it's just a role that somebody does in their part time. It, clearly, it needs to be done. But you know, you start to think about it. Imagine all the feeds you need to get this level of visibility. You know, yes. we live in three different clouds. We have we have uh, two different data centers. Uh, you're impl you're implying a lot of uh, information you need to gather that's accurate, because if that person makes a wrong decision. Yes. And it's off by a factor. You could miss your budget cycles quite considerably. So, and, it, and it, you don't have to go all all in, right? Um, like I said, this started organically, um, but the expectation is is as you grow, you learn, and you learn quickly. Make your mistakes early, because the mistakes are not forgivable. <laughs> yes. Oh, it sounds like it's a discipline worth putting into place. It gives you better a better understanding of cost cost controls. Uh, where you can save and where you can spend uh, and, and do that in a more real-time fashion with greater a greater degree of accuracy, a greater degree of predictability. Um, those all sound like things that uh, a business would love. And to put a shameless plug in, NetApp just acquired a company called CloudChecker, which uh, it, its goal is to help bring visibility to costs like we were talking about, these unpredictable uh, cloud costs. So uh, super fun. Are... It, it, it's funny. We both were in, in that brain brain space. I was going to ask um, how much cloud insights helps with some of that, um, that the costification, figuring out what things cost, where the, the spend is occurring. And uh, when I think about instrumentation and dashboards and it's a collection cost of platform capabilities. Yeah. yeah. Our newest ad addition with cloud checker is going to enhance what we're already doing. And again, the goal was to help customers manage their costs as well. It's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the better, the better we're prepared to manage it. Also the better we're prepared to adopt new technologies within models will just give us more capability, more competitiveness over our, you know, in our market space. So fun conversation. Thanks so much, Matt, for answering my, my question on FinOps. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground and I uh, appreciate you. I uh, appreciate your insights. Excellent. I uh, appreciate sharing that with, uh, with our audience. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Please like and subscribe and do all of those fun podcasty things. Check out all of the things that are uh, new and exciting in the NetApp on NetApp world at netappit.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>